O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
Righteous are you, O Lord. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love. Blessed are those whose way is blameless. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast. Then I will not be put to shame. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Righteous are you, O Lord. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love. The Old Testament reading for this 17th Sunday after Trinity is from Proverbs chapter 25. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. What your eyes have seen do not hastily bring into court. For what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the souls of his masters. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 4. Brothers, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Alleluia, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. One Sabbath when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. 
And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we've heard over the last several weeks that the essential qualities of a Christian are love, purity, singleness of heart, and faith. And last week we heard about how those qualities are to be preserved and exhibited in patience, even patience and long-suffering, long-suffering in tribulation. And this week Paul encourages us to strive for those qualities, saying in our epistle, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And by walking in a worthy manner in our calling, Paul means not just these qualities or the patience that you use to exhibit them, but today he means the way in which we see ourselves before others, how we approach our neighbors and Christian brothers as we walk with them. And Christ, he also touches on this in today's gospel. And our gospel begins saying this, One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. So here we have the Pharisees, and they knew their calling. They were Jews called by God under the Old Covenant. They believed they were walking worthily in their calling, as Paul says, by keeping the law and their traditions perfectly. In this gospel, there's no doubt that they were exhibiting patience. They'd been suffering Jesus for a while now in the Gospel of Luke. And here they've patiently plotted to trap him. And this was their plan. To have a normal Sabbath dinner at one of their homes. And then invite Jesus without telling him they're also inviting a man with dropsy. Because you see, they believed a Jew 
who was faithful to his calling would observe the Sabbath law by doing no work. They believed you kept the Sabbath holy by not doing work, that they made the Sabbath holy. And they knew Jesus could not help but have compassion and heal the sick anytime the sick were around him. But the thing was, healing would be considered a work. So they watched Jesus patiently and waited for this to play out. Because if Jesus healed the poor man, he would have walked in a manner unworthy of being called a Jew because he would have worked. But if Jesus didn't heal the man with dropsy, he'd failed to live up as, to his calling as a Jew because he didn't have, wouldn't have had compassion. So they thought they had Jesus here. And by inviting the man with dropsy, they got to look compassionate to others around them for inviting this poor man. So they were patient in setting all this up. And it looked to other men like they had compassion, they, that, that they were loving. It was quite a plot. <coughs> Yet our Lord is not naive or gullible. He knows the law. He knows his calling as a Jew. He knows his calling as the Christ. So being patient himself before doing a thing, he asked the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And they remained silent. It's a simple question. But with a simple question, Jesus turns their entire plot upside down and puts the onus of the situation on them. Because to the outside observer, the entire situation now depended on the answer of these self-proclaimed experts. So what Jesus is really asking is, is the calling of a Jew fulfilled by rest in spite of the neighbor's suffering or by a work of compassion to the neighbor on the Sabbath? Well, suddenly for the Pharisees, Jesus' question complicates everything. They had to think on their feet. True, it was not lawful for a Jew to work on the Sabbath, yet there are other commandments as well, such as not murdering or harming a neighbor in his body, not stealing from him, not spreading lies about him, needing to love him as yourself. So now if they tell Jesus it's not lawful to heal on the Sabbath, then they'd be telling Jesus to violate the fifth commandment by not helping his neighbor in his body. And all of a sudden, they don't look compassionate. He would not be loving his neighbor as himself if Jesus followed that answer. But if they tell him it is lawful to heal on the Sabbath, then they're allowing a work on the Sabbath, which by their understanding would keep it from being holy. You see, they were patient. You heard about patience last week. They were patient. But they weren't loving or pure. They didn't have the correct singleness of heart. Because before their fellow brother Jews... They weren't humble. Now Jesus, he didn't really need an answer for them on what he should do. He knew what to do. But he revealed their heart. He revealed their pride before other Jews. He revealed that they had no unity of faith with their brother Jews. And with their hearts revealed, Jesus continues. The gospel says, Then Jesus took the man with dropsy and healed him and sent him away. And he said to the lawyers and Pharisees, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. 
The Pharisees saw themselves as walking in a manner worthy, worthy of their calling as Jews. They studied the Torah. They followed the law and the traditions as they saw right. They appeared humble before God. And while they felt it was important to appear humble before God, they felt no need to be humble before their fellow Jews or neighbors. Before their fellow Jews, they craved to be seen as righteous. They desired to be glorified before them, to be first among their brother Jews, to be in the highest place of honor at the table, to be greatest in the kingdom without suffering their brothers. So to glorify themselves, if it meant they had to keep the Sabbath and look humble before God while their brother Jews suffered beneath them, so be it. Of course, they wouldn't let their own children or their own animals or property suffer. suffer. That's their heritage. That's their things. But a fellow brother Jew, they would let them suffer if it meant they could look glorified. So they thought they could appear humble before God but proud before men. But that's not what Paul teaches us. Paul says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. According to Jesus and Paul, you are either humble and gentle before both God and man, or you are proud before both. It's not possible to be humble before one and not the other. And we see this with our Lord. Jesus, assuming the flesh of man and his divinity, has humiliated himself before the Father. He set, by taking on our flesh, he set himself below the Father in respect to his humanity. Which means by his incarnation, he also humiliated himself before men, before mankind. He placed himself below all men. We see this here in the gospel. Our Lord, he was pure without sin, yet he is gentle and patient with the man with dropsy. Our Lord loves him. So our Lord bears the man's dropsy, his suffering with him. And more than that, our Lord lowers himself below the man by taking the man's dropsy, his ailment and sin, into himself as he heals the man and purifies the man from his sin. Christ becomes the man's Sabbath rest as the man is healed of all sin and brokenness. The man, he's then, he then leaves. He leaves in peace. He leaves in peace with God. He's united with Christ in the Spirit, all because of Christ's singleness of heart for that man's salvation. That wasn't like the Pharisees. The Pharisees weren't gentle. They used this man. They didn't want to bear the man's burdens with him. They wanted to use his suffering for their gain. They didn't care for unity of faith. They wanted to glorify themselves. They didn't want peace. They wanted to win the strife with Jesus. They weren't patient in humility. They were patient in pride which shows us that while patience can be a virtue, it also can be entirely selfish without humility. Without humility before our brothers in the faith and before our neighbors. The Pharisees' silence in response to the Son of God's questions to them shows a man is either humble before God and man or he's, hum or he's not humble before either. There's no in-between. 
And so the gospel continues. It says, Now Jesus told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited to someone to a, by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But you are invited, but when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. Imagine if Christ had gone against this teaching of his. If Christ had come in the flesh, but not humility. If he had come to rule and be first among men, but not to suffer for them. If he had come to take all the places of honor for himself. What would have happened then? But really the truth is, if Christ had not humbled himself before men, then there would have been no virgin birth, no circumcision placing him under the Old Testament, no baptism from John to fulfill all righteousness, there would have been no ministry of miracles. There would have been no passion, no crucifixion, no resurrection, no salvation. If Christ had not humbled himself before men, he never would have humbled himself before God to pay the price for our sin. So instead, here in this teaching, Christ is describing his own humility because Christ did humble himself before the Father by his humanity as he left heaven and took our flesh. And he humbled himself before all mankind by being born of a lowly virgin, by coming to bear our sins with us, by taking all of our sin, guilt, and brokenness into himself. That's what he did with the man with dropsy. He took all of that into himself. He takes all of that from us as well and then went to the cross. And on the cross is where our Lord humiliated himself before the world becoming a worm instead of a man, becoming sin for us as all mankind washed and threw blasphemies at him. There on the cross, he humiliated himself as he poured himself out completely, pouring out his blood and his life on the cross as he gave up his life and died in our stead. And he did all this so that our Lord may love you like he loved the man with dropsy. In baptism, our Lord came to you humble and gentle. In the waters, he is patient with you as he forgives you constantly throughout your life. And he does that all while bearing your burdens, your sufferings with you. In the waters is where our Lord took your sin and brokenness from you and gave you his purity, his righteousness. There in the waters, our Lord has a singleness of heart to save you as he gives you a singleness of heart to look upon him alone. In the waters is where our Lord gave you a humble and gentle heart in his image. He does all this so we may have peace with God and so we may be united in spirit with him and with each other. So then to walk in a manner worthy of our calling as Christians, as sons of God, means to walk in humility before both God in repentance and before our Christian brothers in their suffering and need. Being eager to love each other in forgiveness. Eager to see ourselves and our brothers made pure in Christ's forgiveness. So we may all maintain a singleness of heart together as a church on Christ crucified. 
even as we're patient in tribulation. But Christian love, purity, singleness of heart, patience in tribulation, none of that happens without Christ's humiliation. And in Christ, none of us have those gifts unless Christ makes us humble before each other. And for this, for all of this, is for our unity. As Paul says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Paul stresses this unity of the spirit and faith because in this unity is our hope. And our hope is this. Christ, having humiliated himself by taking the lowest place on the cross, also three days later rose from the dead. And risen, he was told by the Father to move up higher as he ascended to the right hand of the Father through endless ranks of angels. Where at the right hand of the Father, our Lord intercedes for us even now. United to Christ and each other in the Spirit. That is to say, united to his humiliation and death and baptism, we are also united to his resurrection in baptism. And now saved by Christ, there is no need to pride ourselves before each other. Instead, we can help our brother freely in humility with the humble and gentle heart of Christ. We receive that in baptism. And we can do that because we know that on the last day, our Lord will return and we will be raised with him in glory as we are moved up in him to the highest place of honor in the new heavens and the new earth at the wedding feast of the Lamb. In Christ, he ends the gospel today saying, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So then, brothers, let us Humble ourselves in repentance before God as we approach this altar today. And let us humble ourselves to each other so that we may eat and drink in spiritual unity. So that we may one day be risen, united in the Spirit. When Christ calls all of us from our grave saying, Friend, move up higher. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we implore you, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, 
to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm, 
and we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.